The Deal with Yield is a podcast series covering the issues that matter most in crop production. Tune in to episodes on iTunes, My Farm Radio, and the Growing Knowledge blog on AnswerPlot.com. Welcome back to The Deal with Yield. And joining us, Joel Whipperforth, Winfield Ag Technology Applications Lead, and Kyle Reiner, Winfield Master Agronomy Advisor. So during the long winter, what do you suggest farmers do besides go to Florida for a couple weeks? (laughs) (laughs) Well, during the winter is a great time to start looking at the data from the last year, your own field data, and start to look at what things went well. Did you have some trials out there? What sort of things should I do? And I always think that the time that they buy versus look at trials, there's always some space in there. Make sure you go back and look at what some of the top performing varieties on your farm were, whether it's corn, soybeans, alfalfa, any of those. Just go back and look at the data. In today's day and age, the ag technology piece, you should be enabled to make a data-based decision. Now, with that being said, there might be some varieties that are brand new this year that you have never seen before. So the best place to look for yield data on those is to go to look at the answer plot data. We're testing some of the newest varieties that have never been on your farm, and we're putting them into different environments that help us sort those things out so that they can be positioned right from the get-go. So I would say, above all else, if you're going to do anything this winter, make sure that you're making data-based decisions. I usually go to the yield monitor and print off the sheets, and there's colors from red all the way up to bright green to dark green, right? And you go, why? Why is that? Is it the water holding capacity? Is it because I put the fertilizer on? Is it because I used a plant growth regulator? Is it because I had a rotational crop in the previous years? Is it because Grandpa used to spread manure there 100% every year for the last 40 years? I mean, there's a lot of questions you say, why? Why was it 300 bushel? Why was it 150 bushel? Is the cation exchange capacity not there to hold the nutrients? Is the water availability not there? Is the ground not limed, right? Is the ground not tiled out? You know, those are the questions I love to sit down and ask the grower, why, why? That's what I do. So, Kyle, as we're wrapping up the season this year, what do you do with your equipment in the wintertime? Look, Joel, I get the pressure washer out, and I clean it up, and I'm heading south for the winter. No, just kidding. So the big thing is to go through and analyze what worked, what didn't. I mean, if you walked your fields and you had stand loss because of a planter issue, maybe it was a row unit, maybe it was... My actual plates aren't planting like I thought they were. Maybe it's an upgrade that they can do this year. Maybe it's uh, row cleaners. Maybe it's putting on new row cleaners this winter. Starter, if you come to an answer from the answer plot and you see that starter is a visual effect, also shows in the answer plot that it pays to put zinc and starter in a PGR in, in furrow. So maybe it's actually laying the tubes for it and putting on your pumps. You know, in the starter piece, I've noticed a switch to some starter fertilizer insecticides. What do you recommend to keep that stuff in solution? I know you've got some stuff on your planter. How do you keep the insecticides that go in starter fertilizer in solution? There's two options. Well, three options. You can use a kind of a ground drive and you can plumb it so that it recirculates that way. I found that the electric pumps are not strong enough to agitate a lot of the chemistry that's going in the liquid starter. So I've been recommending to the growers I work with is a hydraulic pump, and that moves a little more water volume, and that way it doesn't settle out over time. And then if it does set for two, three days over rain event, you can get it back into solution faster through the hydraulic system. 
Do you recommend starter fertilizer staying in the pumps over the winter time, or do you recommend RV antifreeze? You know, I got some guys that do a little of both. The thing that you have to worry about if you have other products along with your starter in there that you could have some precipitate that falls out. And I like RV antifreeze, whether it's in your sprayer, whether it's in your liquid pumps on your planter. You just put in the RV antifreeze, and it protects the pump from splitting open and causing a whole bunch of headache in the spring. You know, the spray tips, you mentioned the sprayer. The wintertime's a great time to be ordering new sets of tips. The polyacetyl or the plastic tips that you're running right now have a better life expectancy than the stainless tips that uh, you maybe ran 10 years ago. But still, about every 10 to 15,000 acres, those things start to wear out. So changing your spray tips could be one of the best things to help keep your spray on target for the coming year. And wintertime is a great time to both research out those tips and get them ordered. We go through the spray clinics in the winter, and people always ask, what's the one spray tip I need? And I always tell people, it's probably not one. It's probably three. You're looking for a good spray tip to handle your PPOs, your burners, your fungicides, your stuff like that. So you need the high water volume. And then you look at the glyphosate application. You need a little different tip for that. And then you always need a, a maybe a little heavier tip or a big orifice for putting your pre's down in the spring. So I always say three is the magic number, not one. And one of the new things that I saw this year on sprayers for equipment was the Y-drops, where on their sprayers, they were retrofitting them with a system that could lay nitrogen right along the stock. And they could do that when it was a smaller plant at knee-high, all the way up to whenever they could get the sprayer through. So if all the way up to V12 or shoulder-high, growers were applying nitrogen, laying it right next to the stock, and they were using the stock water or the dew from the morning to try to bring that nitrogen to the soil. So that was another equipment uh, new thing this year that we saw that uh, we'll see what some of the yield results are by late season application of nitrogen, but just another way for growers to react to the weather conditions that might take nitrogen away from them. You know, along with the nitrogen, I think a lot of people are looking at it and say, well, is it just nitrogen we can put down to the Y-drop? Maybe it's potassium. Maybe it's zinc. I think that opens up a whole different avenue on application. If we can go in season and drop it right on top of the roots, it's going to be a big deal on the nutrients that are not mobile in the soil. So you're actually setting it right on top of the root and allowing it to uptake through that way before it gets tied up in some of our soils. What happens during a, a Winfield spray clinic? So Winfield spray clinics are an exciting place to come in and really get a handle on drift control, on mixing order, on optimizing your spray tank going through the year. There's so much stuff that can go right and can go wrong. You're doing large-scale solution chemistry experiments with 800-gallon spray tanks. And I tell you what, that's a big deal, especially when things go wrong. You should be concerned if you're the skinniest person around because you can fit in the manhole to go clean out what's in the bottom of the sprayer. You come to a spray clinic, we'll help keep the sludge out of the bottom of your tank. To me, the big thing is the EPA is starting to look at drift. I mean, drift is a huge deal, and the amount of particles that move off target or don't hit the target, right, whether it's drifting or evaporating or whatever it may be. So we as a system do a really good job of physically going, here's the deal. You take it and you swipe your tissue paper across it, water-sensitive paper, and you actually see the droplet size versus a different tip. And that way the growers can physically see and touch if they want, and they can feel the mist 
if they have a miss coming off, that's going to be off-target movement. When 20 to 30% of your spray volume of a $25 application of a herbicide or a fungicide is not hitting target, that's real money. That's real money. Where do you offer the clinics? How can our listeners find out more? So spray clinics are offered throughout the country. Typically, our local retailers would be hosting them, and a regional agronomist or uh, maybe a master agronomy advisor from Winfield would come in. And this is another one of those areas of having a data-based system. We happen to have a laser droplet particle analyzer with a low-speed wind tunnel that can run active ingredient. And I know that's a lot to think about, but man, what it really does for us, we can sort out the hundreds of nozzles that are on the marketplace. Think about how it affects each tank mix partner that you've got in there and really zero in on what it is that you're spraying and get you the right nozzle selection with the right gallons per acre to get the most active ingredient to where your pest lives. If you did one thing this year that helped you stay on target, for the wind, for the drift, for the DRT labels that have come on. Go into a spray clinic and getting some insight and knowledge there is a great activity. I think of a lot of it as an industry, and the growers look at this as the herbicide's not doing what it's supposed to be doing. And it could just possibly be it's the wrong tip size. It could be the wrong particle size. It could be not hitting the target. So we might have 20 to 30% of those weeds in the country that we think are resistant that actually never been hit. And so when you can go to these spray clinics, they're a visual, visual deal. And when you can say you put this product in and it'll go here at this speed, at this wind speed, and if we put these chemistries together, they could formulate more fines. And how do we take those fines out? Uh, water volume is a big deal with some of the herbicides. We get some old chemistries that we're kind of incorporating now. How many old chemistries can you put in a tank without it turning into kind of cottage cheese? Or which order of chemistry should he put in the tank first those are the things that our agronomists and our trained professionals will go through at every clinic so 2016 is a pretty exciting year in the area of spray technology if you've read your most recent uh, chemical label go on there and look it says drt drift reduction technology and you've got to go on there and look and see which things you need to be using in that space and we think about the potential for Roundup Ready Extend and Roundup Ready Enlist soybeans coming out. Those chemistries will have some really, really unprecedented specific rules written around them. So much so that if it hasn't been tested using a laser, understanding what particle size is coming out of that nozzle, the tank mix partners, the things that you're even able to put in there, if they're not approved, it's going to be a different ball game. You won't even be able to put things like uh, volunteer corn control in with your 2,4-D beans unless that volunteer corn herbicide is specifically listed on that label for Enlist. Uh, same thing with Extend. If you have a favorite micronutrient that maybe you've been putting in for years with your soybean crop, if it is not on the Enlist label, it is not lawful because the label is law. It is not lawful to put that tank mix partner together. And we've never had that happen before. We bring out a new herbicide and we go through and we just kind of look and see if it tank mixes. Now it actually has to go through a government EPA process and be on the herbicide label to be sprayed with 2,4-D 
or dicamba soybeans. So if you were going to do something this year, like buy Roundup Ready Extend or 2,4-D Enlist soybeans, get into a spray clinic would be table stakes for making sure that we keep things on target and help you optimize that spray efficiency. What other educational opportunities are out there for farmers to take advantage of during the winter months? Well, the answer tech clinics are new this year and really the aim there is for the Winfield staff with the retailers is to help the growers navigate this sea of ag technology and decision ag tools that are coming and that are out there right now. Come into an answer tech clinic and learn about Climate Field View Pro, the new nitrogen modeling tool there and how getting streamed information from your planter tractor can help you fill out your climate uh, field view pro account for this coming year come in and try to understand what you can do to reallocate nutrients using the variable technology come in and take a look at some of the r7 tool offerings of getting an in-season image from a satellite and really seeing how that might fit your farm so i think answer tech clinics are a great educational opportunity coming this winter to our retailers I think a big thing along with the answer tech for us is the answers from the answer plot. We have almost 200 answer plots in the nation, and we uh, evaluate and go through all the actual millions and millions of data points come back, and we present those in the winter. And those are winter technology meetings. The growers that attended the answer plots throughout the year can come back and say, did that work? Did it not work? Did those varieties respond to nitrogen did they not respond how about fungicide did they respond are they good on corn and corn all that data is presented in the winter and i find growers really like to come there and learn about what they saw in the summer you've been listening to the deal with yield with joel whipperfirth winfield ag technology application lead and winfield master agronomy advisor kyle reiner For more episodes of The Deal with Yield, visit iTunes, My Farm Radio, and the Growing Knowledge blog on AnswerPlot.com.